Uh, Again, in the Beatitudes, uh, Jesus uh, shares with us on the Sermon on the Mount, and we've got to the last one in the series this evening. So we're looking forward to hearing what John has to say. And uh, it's on uh, those who are persecuted this evening. So it's a weighty topic that we're looking at uh, this evening. And I'm sure John would value your prayers as he uh, comes and speaks to us shortly on that topic. Uh, Just a couple of brief notices just at the beginning, and that is that there are uh, refreshments after this uh, meeting uh, in the hall, so please do stay, um, catch a biscuit and a cup of tea or coffee with us, and uh, and do chat to us, we'd love to uh, do that with you. And also, in two weeks' time, we've got a fellowship lunch, so after the morning service, uh, many of us stay in the hall, many of you have done it before, but those who don't know, we stay in the hall and have lunch together, and there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. So two, uh, two weeks' time, Sunday lunch, after the morning service. If you'd like to join us for that, please do um, then sign up your name on the, in the, in the sheet in the foyer. Well, let's pray and ask God to speak to us this evening and to help us as we come to worship Him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again to gather together. Lord, to gather as the church. Lord, I thank you so much for technology. Lord, we thank you for microphones and for cameras and for all these things that enable us uh, to spread the word more easily, to make sure everyone can hear. Uh, Lord, to see what we're reading and singing and, and all these things. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you uh, for who you are. Lord, that you are the maker of all things and the sustainer of all things. Lord, you are the one giving us life, even tonight, even now. And Lord, I thank you for that, and I pray that we would have a right sense of worship and a sense of awe as we come to you this evening. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, and I pray that we would have ears ready to hear. Lord, in whatever situation we're in, Lord, I pray that you would bless us this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in a moment, we're going to sing, and our first song this evening is, What Gift of Grace? I'm just going to read this verse. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me, through the deepest valley he will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Well, when the music starts, let's stand and sing together.
We're going to have a, a couple of readings now. And our first reading is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 17. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 17. It'll be up on the screen. And it's also uh, page 1015 in the church Bibles. 1015 in the church Bibles in the bottom right hand corner. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And then we're going to read in 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, verses 12 to 19. And that's on the next page in the Church Bibles, 1016. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, so that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Well, we're going to sing again now. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. And this song talks about the fact that even our friends might despise and forsake us, but Jesus never will. So let's stand and sing together.
tonight we're thinking about the, the theme of persecution and if you were here this morning, uh, Tony said that we were going to be watching a video uh, this evening and so that's what we're going to do in just a moment. Um, it's produced by Open Doors and it's, uh, it's one man's story uh, who lives in Yemen. Uh, it's one of the most dangerous places in the world to be uh, a Christian. So uh, please watch as we show this video and then afterwards I'll pray. عندما قررت أن أتبع المسيح كنت أدرك جيدا أنني سوف أواجه الابتهاض حتى أنني أصبحت من ضمن القائمة المطلوبين لدى المتطرفين ولديهم أيضا صورتي وأحيانا ترقبونني من مكان لمكان وعادة أتلقى تهديدات ولكن رغم هذا أنا ما زلت مستمر في الخدمة كلما أتنقى تهديدات أكثر كلما كان لدي طاقة أكبر للخدمة أنا وأخي قررنا أن نؤسس كنيسة بيتية في اليمن هناك خوف بين المسيحيين في اليمن بسبب مجيء بعض الناس إلى الكنيسة ليس بسبب الإيمان وإنما بغرض التجسس ونقل المعلومات نحن نكون حريصين جدا في الاجتماعات بحيث نجتمع في أماكن مغلقة لا يستطيع أحد الوصول إليها كان لدينا مؤمنون جدد بحاجة إلى التدريب والتعميد لذلك جلست أنا وأخوتي لاتخاذ القرار المناسب في النهاية قرروا أن لا أرافقهم لأنني معروف وأشكل خطرا أكبر عليهم وعندما أنهوا التدريب قرروا الانتقال إلى مكان آخر للمعمودية فاستقلوا الحافلة وانطلقوا في الرحلة كانوا يراسلونني لفترة من الوقت ولكن بعد ذلك فقدت الاتصال بهم فشعرت بخوف شديد وأحسست أن شيئا ما قد حدث لهم أتذكر أن في ذلك المساء تلقيت معلومات تفيد بإلقاء القبض عليهم وإيداعهم في السجن كنت حزينا كنت أبكي شعرت بالذنب لأنني سمحت لهم بالذهاب إلى ذلك المكان كانوا جميعا خائفين علي فطلبوا مني مغادرة في البلاد أفكار كثيرة تدور في رأسي هل أبقى أم أرحل فقررت أن أختبئ في منزلي خلال هذا الوقت كنت بتشجيع بقية الأخوة في كنيستي كنت أذهب سرا للقائهم وأصلي معهم ثم أعود إلى المنزل مختبئا أود أن أذكرهم دائما أنه عندما قررنا أن نتبع المسيح كنا ندرك أن مثل هذه الأشياء ستحدث لنا خلال هذا الوقت أيضا كنت أتلقى الرسائل والمكالمات الهاتفية والصلوات فهذا كان يشجعني على الاستمرار صلواتكم مهمة بالنسبة لنا لأنها تؤدي إلى المعجزات اليمن بحاجة إلى خدام شجعان 
يخرجون في المجتمع ويعلنون رسالة الله كان بإمكان البقاء آمنا في المنزل دون مواجهة أي اضطهاد ولكن مفائدة مسيحيتي في ذلك الوقت مفائدة إيماني إذا لم أخرج وأوصل رسالة الله للآخرين is determined to live for you, to serve, even though it's so dangerous. Lord, he could stay at home and be safe, enjoy a relatively comfortable life, and yet his desire is to serve you, whatever the cost. And the cost may be great. And Lord, we thank you for people like him. We thank you for the support network that they have with each other. We thank you that you are working there, that they are seeing miracles. Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, we especially thank you for Jesus. Lord, that they know that he is worth that. They know that he is worth serving and he is worth suffering for because he is so great and he has given up so much for us. Lord, we thank you for stories like that and we pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them safe, that you would strengthen them, that you would reveal yourself to them And Lord, that you may richly bless and reward them. But Lord, it is so challenging to us. Lord, so often we are are so safe. So often we, we don't share about Jesus. We don't live for Jesus like we should because we are worried about the consequences. We don't serve you as we should. Oh Lord God, I pray that we would love you. That we would love you more and more. That we would understand more and more of what you've done for us so that we may be a people too who serve you and love you whatever the consequences. Oh Lord, forgive us for when we do so little for you when you have done so much for us. And Lord, I pray that as John speaks to us this evening, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand. I pray that it may challenge us and encourage us where we need to be encouraged. So Lord, do be with us this evening. And Lord, we thank you so much for organisations like Open Doors and other Christian organisations that seek to raise awareness and that seek to support uh, persecuted Christians. Lord, we thank you that you do see your people. And as they cry out for justice and righteousness, Lord, I thank you that you will hear their prayer and that you will richly bless them. And I pray that you'd keep them until that time. Lord, help us to be people too, who live for you. Lord, we do thank you for the opportunities we have. Lord, we have so much freedom in this country. Lord, I pray that we'd be grateful for it. But Lord, I do thank you that it enables us to do things like have the the youth conference that we had yesterday. 
Lord, we thank you that we have so many uh, teenagers come along, uh, people come along. Thank you for the helpers, Lord, the musicians, the speaker, the caterers, people doing tech. Lord, so many different people serving to put on that conference. And Lord, we thank you that your word was heard and we thank you that so many people came on a, a Saturday to hear about you. And Lord, I pray that your word would be powerful and effective. Lord, that there be a, a generation of young people growing up who love you, who want to follow you, who are desperate to stay near to you and to not drift away. So Lord, we thank you for how smoothly everything went yesterday. Lord, we pray that it wouldn't just have been a, a good day, but Lord, that eternal good and eternal fruit will come from it. Lord, we thank you as well for Christianity Explored, God willing, starting in Lewis Prison this week and for the 12 or so people signed up. Lord, we, we pray for the gospel as it goes out there. That you'd help those leading the sessions, that you would speak, that you would transform lives. Lord, we thank you that this is something that time and time again has been transformative and we come with confidence knowing that it is about you and so Lord we we pray with confidence but Lord we do pray because you tell us to and as we were thinking this morning Lord it is uh, you that has the power and I pray that we would know that and hold on to that forgive us for when we think we have the power or when it is down to us Forgive us for that, I pray. Lord, may we enjoy and love the fact, Lord, that you are the one who gives life to the dead, who gives us a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. So, Lord, do work in these opportunities we have, I pray. Lord, in the freedom that we have, and we thank you for it. Lord, I do bring especially uh, Chrissy Mann before you. In her sadness, in her shock, Lord, especially as it would have been their wedding anniversary today. Lord, in her sadness, bless her, be with her. And be with the family and friends in their grief, but also as they seek to support her. Lord, I pray that you bless her. May your presence be very near to her. May she know your blessing in this time. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you especially for the Beatitudes that we've been looking at the last few weeks. Lord, for the the challenge they've been to us, the blessing they've been to us, for what we've been able to learn as we've been able to just stop and reflect on them one or two at a time. Lord, I pray that they would impact us. And Lord, as we look again at one more this evening, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. And Lord, I thank you for the rewards and the blessings that have been at the end of the Beatitudes. To be able to see you to be able to be called a son of God, to inherit the earth, to be filled with righteousness, to have the kingdom of God. Lord, these are wonderful things and we thank you for them. And Lord, do be with John as he speaks this evening. Lord, I pray that you bless him with a clear mind. Thank you for helping him in his preparation. Lord, do bless him. Give him the energy that he needs at the end of a long day. And I pray that we may have ears to hear uh, your words and that you may speak to us this evening. So Lord, we bring all these things before you in Jesus' name.
Amen. We're going to uh, sing a song that we've sung at least a couple of times during this Beatitudes series. It's it's on the Beatitudes, uh, so this is a a bit of a recap for the the last one uh, as we get to the last Beatitude. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing. Blessed are the humble souls who see.
just before we get stuck into this evening, I just want to add one further thing to draw your attention to. Uh, So we were reminded this morning of the importance of prayer and of the different things that occur here. One of them is a, a prayer meeting most Thursdays in here. We have good times together. Glad to say we have a range of ages and we try and ask the Lord over things that are good and we're concerned about together. Um, This next week we're going to have a particular one focusing on praying for people in their everyday callings. We might do this from time to time. And to help us on this occasion we thought we'd have a bit of a focus on uh, health work, care work, and I'm glad that Joe Philpott's agreed to feed in a, a few prayer points at some part in that prayer meeting. So I just wanted to draw that to your attention generally. If you're able to come, you're very welcome. They're important times and also to mention this week because we want to encourage us to be thinking about praying for each other, not just in Sunday activities, but what we're called in and involved with every day of the week. So I thought I'd mention that. Well, let's move on then to our passage, our verses, our series, the last one in the series. I don't know how you've found the, the series on the Beatitudes, if you've been here. Maybe you've found it um, thoughtful, maybe challenging, perhaps encouraging at times. Uh, perhaps you, you remember any of them especially that we've uh, gone through. the poor in spirit and the mournful. We looked at the the meek or the humble and the hungering for righteousness. We thought about those who are merciful. We looked at the pure in heart and the peacemakers. And now we come to the last one, the eighth one. And in a way it has particular significance uh, because we get bonus verses on this last one and we get, if you like, a double blessing, if I can call it that, on this last one. So there is a a particular emphasis in a way on the last one that we're looking at this evening. Let me read it to you again. Matthew 5, 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Two main points we're going to unpack this evening. The first is this. These verses, as we think about them, lead us to expecting persecution. Expecting persecution. We'll spend most of the time on on this aspect. The Beatitudes are chiefly a description of those who are in the kingdom, of those who are disciples. Many aspects have been surprising of those who are in the kingdom and disciples. We've seen that as we've gone through. But perhaps this is most surprising. They are persecuted. They are persecuted. 
to have it in these verses. It's in verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted. It's in verse 11. And persecute you is in verse 12. For so they persecuted the prophets. Uh, Persecuted, the word in Greek comes really from the idea of being pursued, targeted. Uh, Salah, who we heard about there, he was on a radicals wanted list. They were being tracked. They were being spied upon. So you saw it very clearly there. People being sort of singled out for bad treatment. Persecuted. Have you experienced persecution? Perhaps to some degree. To pale into insignificance perhaps when you hear other accounts like we've just heard. But maybe a while ago, perhaps when you were first a Christian. Perhaps you are now. Treated badly, roughly, because you're a Christian. You know of others. Made me think back this afternoon. I remember when we had a a period where Esther and I uh, went to the Ukraine and Romania and we brought back a a, a number of, we delivered some stuff and we brought back a number of people who were looking at printing presses in this country. This was the early 1990s and of those um, that we brought back to this country in the sort of people carrier that we had, uh, one of them was uh, Eugenie and uh, he was in Ukraine. He'd been in Ukraine through the difficult years and that man had been in prison for seven years for his faith. And he'd been in exile in Kamchatka. You played brisk, you know where Kamchatka is. It's a long, long way away, the Far East. He'd been in exile away from his family in Kamchatka for a further seven years. It made me think of the Olenek family, which we stayed with in uh, Lvov, we called it then. They call it Lviv now on the news, Lviv. And we were in his house and, and we, we were told of the fact that the, the police had come in their house and broken up a, a service a few years before that Peter Olenek, the, 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 the father that was there, had been taken to prison for two years. Perhaps you, you think of others that you know of or have been connected. It got me thinking. Isn't it strange that, that the peacemakers and the pure that we heard about last time should be the persecuted But that's how it is, says Jesus. We should expect to be persecuted. We read from 1 Peter 4, verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised, says Peter. Expect difficulty, expect persecution as Christians. Paul puts it like this way in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. Verse 12, he says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. He says it's a general pattern. We should expect there to be persecution of Christians. 
character of being a disciple. It, it is to different extents, in different places, at different times. We've got the open doors information on the board. There's a display. Uh, we're collecting our charity of the month is for persecuted believers. Is it chiefly open doors or is it sometimes we mix who we're giving to? Uh, yeah, open, doors. open doors is who we're giving to this month as the charity and they've got some information there and they do a watch list of top 50 countries of those countries where persecution is most difficult. The top five are North Korea, Somalia, Libya, Eritrea and Yemen. So one we saw featured and is featured as well on the board. And those areas have very, very difficult persecution. Whereas in the West, at least in recent decades, uh, it's been much lighter. Seems as though the tide might be turning, but it, it's much lighter. So it does, it does vary, but we should expect persecution. It, it varies in the, in the Bible. In Acts 2, verse 46, it, it says this, verse 47, that the believers, the, the new church, are praising God and having favour with all the people. They're popular. Pleased to have the Christians about. But it wasn't for very long. And if you go into Acts 4 and Acts 5 and Acts 6 and Acts 7 and Acts 8 and Acts 9, you have persecution. Chapter 14 of Acts. Well, at Lystra, they're so popular, they're almost worshipped. But then later in the chapter, they're almost stoned. And then you have chapter 16 and 17 and 18 and 19. And whilst they're treated quite well at one point because they're Roman citizens, in all of those chapters there is persecution. And if you go on to the rest of the book of Acts, Paul's on his journeys as a prisoner. He's under arrest. And yes, they're treated well at Malta and welcomed on the island, but... The general pattern is of some form of persecution. So I will just say this. If you're thinking of being a Christian, you know that I want to encourage you greatly in that. You know that. You know that the benefits of following Christ are immense, incomparable, wonderful to be a follower of Jesus. But you do also need to count the cost that there will be opposition and difficulties normally as a general pattern in following Christ. Well, what does he say about how they would be persecuted? Well, some of it might be physical and the word persecution implies that, being pursued, being hurt, being hit. Some are imprisoned. But some of it would be Words. Some of it would be words. Because Jesus carries on and says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. 
there's insults, there's denouncing, there's things said to the face, things that are meant to hurt verbally. There are things that are said perhaps behind the back to others, said evil about falsely to get you into trouble, to, 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 to malign you, to lie about you. There is things that are done and there are things that are said. Luke 6, Jesus says some similar things and he adds different dimensions. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name of as evil. You think in, in the Bible there's different examples of persecution. Daniel, I'm fairly in trouble at work. Peter and John in prison, talking about Christ. The first example, Cain murdering Abel. Think of Stephen being stoned. Think perhaps of the blind man being cast out of the community, out of the temple, out of the synagogue. For some it's very obvious. You think of Salah and his friends that he was supporting in Yemen. Very, very clear that were persecuted. Some of them behind bars. Some tortured, some martyred. Families picked on. Families split up. People deprived of jobs. But for us it's often more subtle, isn't it? Subtle but real. There's the, the teen who is seen as odd in class because of their views on sexuality. It's the, the new convert who's having a, a rough time by the family because they're now a believer. There's the, the worker who's sort of barred promotion because, um, because their views are inconsistent with the diversity policy. More subtle ways, but still persecution. It seems increasingly like that. Uh, maybe you've come across a, a book called Being the Bad Guys. It's really saying that as Christians... In the past, in the West, we used to be sort of tolerated, okay, a bit extreme, you know, a bit unnecessary, a bit over the top, but, you know, just leave them be. Whereas now we're not just the sort of okay guys, we are, we are the bad guys. We're, we're the worst of society sometimes. We're, we're the horrible person at work because of our views. We're the, we're, we're the, we're the sort of, dogmatic prejudiced person in the classroom because of the things that we think range of ways that this persecution comes in what, why they would be what, why would they be persecuted what's the reason for this persecution Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for 
righteousness sake. In verse 11, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So they're persecuted because of a love for righteousness and they're persecuted because of a a link with Christ. We do need to be clear on this. They're not persecuted because they behave badly themselves. If we're persecuted because we behave badly ourselves, that's not Christian persecution. Peter says this, 1 Peter 4 verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. It's not about suffering because we're obnoxious. It's not about suffering because we're self-righteous. It's not about suffering because we're harsh in our tones because we're proud of ourselves. It's not about suffering because we're arrogant or because we're irritating. If we suffer for those reasons, if we're despised for those reasons, that's not true Christian persecution. No, here it's because of righteousness and on account of me. We love Jesus and we love what he teaches. So we should expect persecution, this is teaching. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And if we're not persecuted, it's good for us to think about, is it because we are not different? Is it because we are conforming too much? If the general pattern is persecution, why are we getting off so lightly? Is it just one of those phases like Acts 2.47, that it's like that in our culture? Or is it or is it because we're not linked to Christ enough? And is it because we don't love righteousness enough? It makes me think of a, a family event that we had back in in November. Um, uh, the girls had noticed that Brighton were away at uh, Notts Forest in a football match, so they had this great idea of going to Beth, who lives in Nottingham, and having a family day together and getting tickets for the Notts Forest-Brighton match. Um, well, it was a bit complicated in the planning, but um, in the end, it, it all went well. We were able to meet up there together. We were able to get tickets. Uh, we went to the match at first experience of going to an away match it was an amazing experience it was a thrilling match, Brighton won 3-2 so it was a a good event all round and uh, one of the things I had in my rucksack was a Brighton scarf and I was happy to wear it in the ground Uh, the girls had Brighton scarves and they wore theirs to the match So as we walked through the streets of Nottingham amongst all the red and white scarves, they were happy to wear their blue and white scarf. But mine 
Well, mine was down in my bag. I took the view that uh, if any of the Knott's Forest fans were a little bit irate and they saw a, a middle-aged man with a blue scarf on, as a group they might want to take it out on the middle-aged man with the blue scarf. So my scarf was in my bag. Now that may have been wise in some ways on the day, but it was also a bit inconsistent. And it gave me an illustration. You know, are we a bit like that sometimes? We're, if you like, supporters of Christ when we're with the other supporters. We're happy to have our scarf out, if you like, on Sundays. We don't mind standing for truth when we're with other Christians. We don't mind singing the hymns. We don't mind encouraging each other when we're here together on Sundays. But, but when we're out in everyday life, when we're with our neighbours and our work colleagues, our friends and our family, the scarf is in the bag. People got no idea what our allegiances are to. Or are we like my daughters who are happy to stride around the streets of Nottingham with their blue scarves even after the match when we'd won. Those things were a bit more risky. Is your Christian scarf only used on Sundays? Is there a link to righteousness and a link to Christ in the week? This is one of the reasons perhaps why there is no persecution. Oh, we've got to be wise, we've got to be careful, they've got to be exceedingly careful in their situations. We have to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, we have to be gracious and thoughtful. But as well as being careful, we do need some courage. And uh, maybe this theme this evening just makes us think about why, when I asked at the start, when were you last persecuted? Why would a good number of us thinking, well, actually, when was it? Is it just because it's Acts 2? Or is it because our scarves are in our bags? So, expecting persecution. But then the second heaven heading is perhaps even stranger. It's enjoyment in persecution. I nearly had it as enjoying persecution, that's a bit more symmetry with the first one, but well, that's not quite right really. But, and I'm almost reluctant to talk about this heading because it is a strange thing to say, isn't it? Enjoyment in persecution. And there's also a sense in which I feel, you know, I felt very unqualified to speak about this because of how easy it is for us. And, you know, you need really one of these guys to talk about this this evening, don't we? But it's in the word of God. Jesus talks about it here and we're going through. So, so it's right that we do. And Jesus talks about enjoyment in persecution. Not enjoying the persecution, but enjoyment in persecution. That's hard to think of, isn't it? You heard of Salah saying that he, he wept and cried when he heard about his fellow Christians being arrested. You know, there is deep sadness. You read some of the things on the board out there, you just think, how, how can people face up to that? 
there is deep sadness and you, you know we're not sort of looking to gloss over that this evening. But here Jesus' teaching talks about joy in the face of persecution. I think of Eugenie who'd been in prison for seven years and to Kamchatka for seven years and he was a big character and he was a joyful character. Jesus says it's a blessed place to be. It's a, it's a happy place to be. It's, it's a good position to be in, to be persecuted. There is double blessing in it, if you like. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. So Jesus sort of doubles it, in case we didn't catch it first time. There is, there is blessing. There is blessing in being somebody who is persecuted. Verse 12 carries on to what our response should be or Christians should be in the face of persecution. Uh, John Stott in his book on the Sermon on the Mount he summarises it or gets us thinking nicely. How did Jesus expect his disciples to react under persecution? Verse 12 Rejoice and be glad. We are not to retaliate like an unbeliever, nor to sulk like a child, nor to lick our wounds in self-pity like a dog, nor just to grin and bear it like a stoic, still less to pretend we enjoy it like a masochist. What then? We are to rejoice as a Christian should rejoice. Enjoyment in persecution. It's very striking, isn't it? Rejoice and be glad. Some translations, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Is that shocking? Luke 6, when Jesus talks about a similar thing, puts it even more shockingly, if I can put Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you and spurn you as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. That's what he says. Uh, maybe there's hyperbole in this, but it, it, it's, it's still conveying something. There's, there's very mixed feelings, obviously. Uh, Jesus didn't have a broad smile on his face when he went to the cross. But he did have a sense of the joy that was before him. It's a wonderful example in Acts 5. Acts 5 verse 40. They'd been in prison and when they'd called the apostles they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of, the, of Jesus and let them go. Well what happened next? Verse 41. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonour for the name. Amazing, isn't it? Some of the people in Hebrews was written to had lost out because they were Christians and early on their attitude to it was wonderful. For you had compassion on those in prison, Hebrews 10.34, 
and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Amazing, isn't it? How is it, how is it that we can have joy in the face of persecution? Well, Jesus says, because you can remember you have a good future. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Those who'd lost out the Hebrews here, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. In other words, you can't take what really matters to me. I've still got it and I'm still looking forward to it. Jesus says, Blessed are the persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. You might be marginalised now but you won't feel that then. You may be insulted now but you will be wonderfully welcomed then. You You may suffer deprivation now but ahead of you is tremendous abundance. You may be deprived now but fullness is to come. And knowing we have a future helps endure some of the difficulties on the way. You think of the runner who keeps going because of the thought of finishing. You think of going on holiday when the journey is a bit rough, lots of traffic, patience testing, but it's worth it because you've got a week away. You think of facing the operation which you don't much like, but it's worth it for the freedom and the new life and the improvement that it gives. And Jesus says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven and nobody can take that away from you. Enjoyment because of a good future. Enjoyment because you are in good company. Enjoyment because you are in good company. When you're persecuted, you follow a long line of encouragement. You can look back to the prophets, Jesus said. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Even more, we follow in the pathway of Jesus himself. John 15, 18 If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Sometimes when we're 
unsure. We're not quite sure if we're doing the right thing. We look around, don't we, see what other people are doing. And we've got one or two reference points of people that we trust. And if we see them doing something that's the same as us, it's all right, they're doing it. And Jesus says, you're following in the line of the prophets. They persecuted Jeremiah. They persecuted Isaiah. They persecuted Zechariah. They persecuted Daniel. You're in good company. You're doing the right thing. Keep going. Well, perhaps some of you are experiencing the pain of persecution. And it's hard. Perhaps it's loved ones who are dishing it out to you. Perhaps it's loved ones that are suffering as well as you. That must be one of the hardest. You know, where your children suffer because of your faith. I find that hard to get my mind around that. That must be so hard. Perhaps you've lost so much. Perhaps the scars run deep and you haven't forgotten them. Perhaps the isolation in your friendship group is just so cold and chilling and you're finding it really difficult. Well, remember these two things. You have a wonderful future. You're in good company. There there can be. It's right that there's an element of enjoyment in persecution. Well, I hope there's uh, something that's been helpful as we look through those verses. Let me read them again, just 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, we're going to sing together of our wonderful hope which gives us joy even through the difficulties. And so our song is, There is a hope. There is a hope that burns within my heart that gives me strength for every passing day.
Father, we, we're made thoughtful by this saying of Jesus this evening. We thank you for reminding us of the, the normal pattern for those who are privileged to be followers of Christ. It makes us think of those who suffer so much each day for the gospel and yet who are faithful to you and we, we cry out for them to be blessed and encouraged and strengthened in what they go through. We pray for those amongst us who do experience difficulties, especially those at secondary school which is perhaps the hardest phase of life in this country to be a Christian. Help those who are believers in that sea or those who have family members who make life difficult for them or those who are finding work an alien environment in terms of its values. Give them wisdom as they negotiate that Help them to find a joy in you. Help them to realise the blessedness of being a believer. May that more than trump all the difficulties that they have on the way. Help them to remember the future which is ahead of them and the line of people that they are walking in line with. And Lord, for many of us it, it makes us just think as well, are we not persecuted because we're we're too secret. Lord, we don't want to be bolshy. We don't want to bring trouble on ourselves unnecessarily. We want to be winsome and gentle and meek in our witness. But Lord, where we're, where we're scarf in the rucksack people when we shouldn't be, we pray that this evening might make us think and that we might be willing to be those who are happy to stick by righteousness and are happy to link themselves with Jesus and to be encouraged greatly by what has been said this evening as we've looked at your word. So we pray all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our wise and loving Saviour. Amen.